The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. Where Andy talks to people he met on the internet. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 15 of the Social Screenwriters Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Compton, and today on the show, we have a very special guest. Her name is Maria Miala. So Maria is originally from Bolivia. She's a filmmaker. She's a screenwriter. She um, does a whole lot of things. She, In her day job, she does like commercial uh, producing and uh, things of that nature. So she's really like in there on both the creative side and the business side, the logistics side, um, just attacking it from every angle. And, um, she's really killing it. She's written and directed a feature film that is called bring me an avocado. You can see it actually on Amazon prime. Uh, definitely go check that out. Um, it's so amazing that she got that done. I've been having a lot of filmmakers on lately and, to any screenwriters who are not filmmakers, I apologize if it's boring to you at all, um, but I just want to learn from these people, and I'm using my podcast uh, to reel them in and then steal their knowledge, basically. Um, so I'm sorry, but hey, if you're a writer, you should want to know about that shit, too. It's all part of the business. Learn about how hard it is to get things made, um, but not for Maria, because she did that shit. Um, and she talks in the episode about that. Uh, she also just had a short film called La Macana play at the Chinese theater in Los Angeles, which is a huge thing. She's out here just killing it. She also writes, she has features, she has a TV pilot. Um, and she, also she's just really cool and really smart. So, uh, have fun tuning into this one, guys. If you like what you're hearing and you want to give us a shout out on Twitter, that'd be really cool. We're always trying to spread the word. At Social Writer Pod, tag us up, uh, say something you liked about the episode, something I said that was stupid, literally anything that you want to say about the show, go for it, and uh, I would love to see it. Uh, also, if you're enjoying what you're hearing and you want to help us out by donating to the show, you can do that at the Linktree link at our social media accounts on uh, Instagram and Twitter. At Social Writer Pod in the link tree, there is a button to donate. Really appreciate it if you can. These things take a lot of time and effort to kind of put together, and uh, it just helps me out, even a couple bucks. Uh, that's about it for me, though, guys. Go ahead and enjoy this episode with Maria Miala. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm writing yeah. the high of this weekend premiere that I had, you know? The premiere went really well. Film was really well received, so... Yeah, that's awesome. And that was at the Chinese Theater in Los Angeles, the famous mm -hmm. Chinese Theater that I've never been to, but I'm talking about it like I have. Um, <laughs> and what was the film there? La Macana. It's a little short film that I made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so awesome. Uh, I saw photos on your Instagram story that looked really cool. You got to like speak up on stage after the film or maybe before. I don't know. But um, yeah, it looked awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, it was a ton of fun for sure. And, you know, it was at the Dances with Film Festival and actually one of the better Q&As I've had. Really? <laughs> yeah, the, the head programmer was the one doing the Q&A and she had clearly like very thoughtful questions for each of the short films that screened. So that oh, was that's like cool. the answer, you know? 
That's awesome. Yeah. I'm hoping that I get to experience that with my first short film in person festival. The only other time I've had a film in festivals was when the pandemic hit. So it was all virtual and that experience kind of sucked. Like it was, it was thrilling to be involved in any way and get selected. But um, yeah, I really want to go and sit in a theater with a bunch of people watching the movie and hopefully get to do a cool Q&A like you did. I don't think I'll be playing anywhere like the Chinese theater with all the history there, but uh, that's so awesome that you got to do that. Your trailer so, looks awesome. I really want to watch your film, actually. Oh, Maybe well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. We'll keep that off the air. Nobody will know about that. <laughs> but um but yeah I, i'd be happy to if you will we have to swap you should send me yours oh yeah sure that'd be awesome cool. sweet yeah. uh okay so i mean i guess we'll just jump into it Sounds you're good. okay with that all mm -hmm. right so maria how did you get into screenwriting how did i okay so i uh am originally from bolivia mm -hmm. and i moved to austin first to study theater mm -hmm. Um, so I was like in a huge theater program and we took a creative writing class as an elective. And part of that was screenwriting, mm. um, which I fell in love with um, yeah. during class. There was like poetry and short story and then screenwriting. Something about the formatting is just like felt so easy, you know, and like mm -hmm. to like picture it and see it. And yeah. um, as an artist, I like being an artist, I happen to have a very like formulaic math. So I was like, I fucking love this, you know, like yeah. 10 pages inciting incident to 30 pages, you know, oh, like, like, I know. Yeah. Once you break it all down. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's so much easier to wrap your head around than like, I'm going to write a 350 page novel. You know, yeah, it's just 100%. like, well, how do you even begin to tackle that? That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, so I still, I moved to San Francisco thinking that I was going to do theater. Mm -hmm. and um very you know fake news about the theater scene in san francisco uh -huh. <laughs> um, it, wasn't like, it wasn't as like big or promising as i was told when i was in austin uh -huh. um but there was like a tiny co-op here called scary cow which was a filmmaking co-op where basically anybody in any craft can join mm -hmm. um that just want to make movies and you know san francisco the bay area in general there's so much corporate work mm -hmm. um and nobody gets into film to shoot like you know investor videos and corporate interviews so right right a lot of hunger here for like wanting to do creative stuff and a lot of work trade. So I actually yeah. came up doing that and with that opportunity on the table and started screenwriting a lot more um, cool. and jumping into features and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, one of the few actors I know who like takes a super strong interest in the screenwriting side too. And I wonder like how that, uh, I mean, you might know more actors than I do, but um, mm -hmm. I wonder how that like uh, contributes to your like writing of dialogue. Like, I'm sure it's like a huge asset to you having been an actress and then moved into the writing part and directing, of course, that's so that was never a plan that just kind of was like a happy accident. Yeah, total happy accident. Yeah, didn't didn't go to film school, didn't study any of it at all. You know, just kind of went up the ranks through yeah. like doing work trade stuff first. Yeah, that's fascinating. That's awesome. Um, so how would you describe your brand? Everyone's got to describe their brand at some point. <laughs> uh, that's like such a tough question to ask, you know? It is, I think it that is. That's like why I love asking it. Yeah, it's totally in line with like, um, who is the audience for this, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like me. People, people who like movies. Yeah. I'd say that my brand, um, it like it sways in two different ways. Like I write a lot of magical realism. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but it's all very based in reality. So all of my magical realism is like alternate reality, small magical things added to it, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to like big sci-fi different stuff, you know, like there's still like student loans and taxes and shit in my <laughs> alternate yeah, yeah. worlds, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and for, I mean, I write a lot for, as a writer director, I like to write what I can make, you know, sure. um, and coming up the ranks without like film school or that background. I think that I, I live a lot in the less is more. So I focus a lot on like characters and, um, really like writing vulnerable moments and making you, I think, I guess like one of the things that I like is putting characters in really hard fucking situations, you know, and then focusing mm-hmm. on like the minutia of going through life anyway, you know? Like when you're yeah. experiencing grief, for instance, you still have to do your fucking laundry, you know, or have to yeah. eat and stuff like that. So I yeah. think that, that would be my brand, just very character driven stuff. Yeah. I love that. I love how human that is. That's kind of something I focus on too, is like real, like hyper realism. I don't have the magical element so much, but I like how you describe that is like, it's a very subdued mm-hmm. magical element, but the rest of it's like your everyday world. Yeah. Um, that's exactly. really cool. Um, Right on. Uh, so getting into like you as a writer and how you go about your writing, uh, what's your routine like? Like, do you have a set routine? Do you write at a set time of day? Do you write in a set location? Um, do you drink yeah. coffee? Do you have a glass of wine? Like, what's it usually like whenever you're writing? I do not. I am a routineless mammal. <laughs> I love it. Um, I don't have a routine, but I do have a deep sense of guilt when I don't write in a week. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> if I go through yeah. the week each Sunday and I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? You know, the productivity yeah. is low. Yeah. Um, it's hard too, when you're balancing being a filmmaker as well and your day job, it's like, sometimes I worked on the short film all week and I didn't write shit. So I like exactly. totally relate with that. For sure. A hundred percent. Um, so, but I do write, like, I'll write at any time. I think that part of something that I would say, like, a bit of a routine is I start writing in notebooks. So all of my scripts start in, like, journals. And a lot of that is um, I work from home now and I'm producing. So I'm living in, like, spreadsheets and Zoom calls and stuff. So it's really hard to, you know, when you're done, keep the laptop open. You know, you kind of have to, like, yeah. switch environments a bit. Yeah. So I've gotten into the habit of writing in my notebook and, you know, sometimes I'm here and then I'll just move to that messy couch over there. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I know it. I know or it. Right sometimes there. I'll write on the bed behind me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, wow, exactly. what a change of scenery. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> For sure. Or, you know, I'll take my notebook to the park and write there. Sometimes mm-hmm. right in the morning, sometimes at night. Honestly, I feel like it's often when I'm in transit, when an idea hits, you know, like I'll yeah. start like thinking about my script, like on the bus, you know, and I'm like, oh fuck. Oh yeah, that's good. I can put that somewhere, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Over here, somebody talking in the grocery store, and you're like, hmm, you know the the way they phrased that was interesting. That pause was good, right? Pause, you know. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I know my my notes app, my phone is just like the most chaotic place. Like it, it does not make sense ninety percent of the time. Uh, yeah. That's cool though. I love a chaotic artist person. Like that's kind of how I am too. Like. I, and the thing I struggle too, cause I try really hard, I think to be a routine person, like, cause I always like, I'm in my thirties now and I always just feel like a big kid. Like mm-hmm. I just like, haven't been able to like hammer down and like, I'm starting to accept it now in my thirties. Like, this is just who you are. But my twenties were a real struggle of being like, why can't I just be like a stereotypical grown adult who just like has yeah. like 
you know, a routine schedule and all these things. Like I'm just chaos all the time. So super relate to that. And then, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I love, I love meeting other like artsy creative people though, who are like, Oh no, that's just how we are. Yeah. Okay. I, I also like, you know, I'm jealous of people like, you know, sometimes I'll get on Twitter at 7am and I can see tweets from like the 5am writers club, you know, uh-huh. and I'm like, how do these people fucking function? How do you write that way? You know, I wish I, I could, I just can't at all. I know. Um, I wonder too, if it's people who uh, you'd have to imagine some of them have either, you know, an 8am job start time or kids who are going to get up soon. Yeah. 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 You're trying sure. to squeeze it in. Uh, I don't have kids. I don't have an 8 a.m. start time to my job. So I'm mm-hmm. pretty lucky in that sense. But sometimes I wish I did just for like the uh, maybe I would be more uh, regimented. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, OK, cool. So you are just moving chaos throughout the world. Uh, yes. <laughs> how about your, how about your writing process? Like, let's say I'm going to put that on a business card, <laughs> just moving. Do it. It's all world. yours. It's all <laughs> yours. Take it. You can take the sound bite too, after this drops. Mm-hmm. But, um, so what's your process? Like, like if you have a brand new idea, you're on the bus and it just enters your brain. What's the first thing that you're going to do? Are you going to like, think of a title? Are you going to think of a log line? Are you going to start an outline? Are you just going to write pages? Like, what do you usually do when you have that brand new idea? And you're like, I think that's something. Yeah. So brand new idea for me is I'll write it out just like the, what the scene would be, you know, like, so it's like, oh, the scene has to be on paper. So I don't forget it, you know, and it's just, I'm not writing it in like screenwriting format. It's sure. just like the the dude goes and he talks to the woman and blah, 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 you know, and, right, end, right. Happens yeah. and he gets really uncomfortable and then it's there, you know? Yeah. And then I think that, and honestly, like almost every script I've written, I've written has actually been that like first a scene came to my mind and then I like created the characters around it and decided what the actual story was going to be you know yeah that's how Guy Uh, Crawford is when I talked to him on this podcast he told me the same thing he's like sometimes I'll end up writing the one scene that's on page 65 yeah and that's that's the first thing I write and then I build the story and I'm like that's so interesting Uh, I'm the opposite I'm a logline type of thinker usually Yeah, just usually I I try to boil it down to a log line at the very beginning. My first ideas are usually like, you know, person with this problem in this world, you know, and I think of it in that way. And then I'm like, I keep building on it and build it into a log line. That's usually how I do it. That's fascinating to me because I feel like the log line is the hardest part for me. Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's hard. (laughs) Like I I don't love writing them, but yeah, I don't know. It's just how my brain works. I don't know. That's another fascinating thing about doing this podcast has been you are guest 16, I think. And um, and I mean, we're I'm still so early in doing it, but hearing everyone's process and how different we all are is so like fascinating to me because we're all reaching the same end goal, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, totally. So wild that I've heard some people that have processes that I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I could never ever go about it that way like your way isn't bad like thinking of a scene and being like oh that seems like something in the movie that i wish i could see like let's let's explore that like i get that but um uh anyway cool so are you an outline person uh kind of yeah i guess i am an outline person i do it kind of like choppy like i start i definitely don't even open final draft until i have like we were talking about like the formula at the beginning. So I need yeah. to have like, you know, my first 10 pages where like the world is introduced. 
um, inciting incident, key incident, plot point two, and then I need to know how it ends. And when I have yeah. all of that, then I'll open it. And usually I'll write out a little bit of those scenes. Mm-hmm. And after that, I fill it in an outline form. Like, how do I get from here to there? You know, okay, well, this happens, this happens. Conflict, yeah, conflict, yeah. conflict, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how <laughs> I am too. Uh, some more shit, you know, what else can happen to this guy? Yeah. Yeah, I went on a crazy journey of being like in the beginning, no outline, didn't know what I was doing, didn't know how to write. And then I was like, now it's time to become a pro. I got to outline like every detail, everything that happens up front. And now I found that I'm somewhere in the middle because I need to leave, like I'll write big plot points like you, but I need to leave space in the middle for like improv and just feeling it in my brain as I'm going and being like, what would happen next? Uh, That sometimes if I try to do all that work in the outline, it's like, I don't truly know the characters yet because I haven't written their dialogue scenes and like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Exactly. I've, I've definitely experienced that too, where like you write the whole outline and then you get to like somewhere in your second act and you're like, Oh, but this character doesn't feel like they would do that anymore. You know, it's like, exactly. Yeah. And as you're writing the details of the scene, this person developed differently than you thought they were going to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then a bunch of your outline is trash at that point. Cause you're just like, damn, it's like that. This person was not who I thought they were. Um, yeah, it's, it's much easier to throw away like three plot point ideas that you had. It's easier to throw that out than being like, man, I had like 60 pages lined up for this person behaving this way. But, uh, it's crazy how like your stories just come to life though, too. That's part of like the magic of it. For sure. Um, I actually just had somebody give me notes on a script that I wrote from outline. Um, Mm -hmm. and they pointed out, you know, that like one of my characters was described as kind of like a class clown person, you know, and they were like, this person is not funny throughout the script. And I was Uh. like, shit, you're right. Like they kind of did like a few funny things in the beginning and then they developed something totally different, you know? And I was like, ah, do I want them to be funny? What am I doing now? You know, am I going in and like changing, making them funny or am I just changing the character description and letting them be who they are? (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, what'd you end up doing if you're comfortable sharing? Oh, it's still sitting there. Oh, okay. It hasn't Um, been decided yet. Okay. I usually send like, I'll send out my script to like, you know, trusted circle of first 10 people. And then I'll just sit on their notes for a while. Yeah, that's a smart um, way of doing it. paste them into a Google Doc to find themes, you know? I'm like, this note is kind of like the snow, you know? Okay, so this was a problem for a couple people. Yep, um, very smart, for sure. Yep, that that's another hard thing, too. Like, I mean, a lot of newer screenwriters listen to the pod, I think. And, um, you know, learning what notes to take and what ones to leave behind is like a whole process. And I think what you just said is perfect, that like, always look for the common themes. Uh, if, if three people say a note, you probably need to take that note. Um, yeah. But if it's like a one-off thing and you're very passionate about it not being true, then yeah, leave it behind. I had a problem early on. I was such an unconfident writer that I would just take all notes. I would be like, especially if it came from like, you know, uh, a, a paid service, like a contest when I paid yeah. for the feedback in addition to the entry, I'd be like, well, these are pros, you know, this is what they do for a living. So they know better than me. And then the further I get into it, I'm like, oh, these are like kids in a screenwriting program that are like 20 years old that are reading for these contests and giving feedback. And that's not a knock on them. Do your thing. A lot of times they give good notes, but it's like, you can't just trust that someone has more experience or better judgment, better instincts than you just sure. because they're reading for some contest. Cause there's usually unpaid positions. Um, 
A hundred percent. And that's why, I mean, I think that like writers groups are great for that, you know, cause then you kind of, yeah. not only are you getting notes, but then you kind of have an understanding of who is reading it, you know? And there, that goes yeah. back to like the finding your audience thing, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, this person with this walk of life experience and this perspective sees this incident like this. And I hadn't registered it that way at all. You know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. The more diverse your writers group can be too, the better, because you're getting yeah. all perspectives and shout out notescommunity.com. That's Jen Dunn's uh, writers group thing. It's an awesome thing she made. You yeah, probably, yeah, you know, yeah. Jen Dunn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, cool. So I was going to ask, cause I know you're like a filmmaker, you're uh, you made a feature, which we'll talk about later, but um, you just made another short film. Do you have any like TV specs or are you mainly just film? Like I have one TV spec um, and it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. So I wrote it. I think it's good. I don't know that it's like a full show yet. You know, I think that anybody who watched that would be like, oh, this was entertaining. That was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know that they'd come back for a second episode. You know, it's one of those that might just like drop off forever. And I was like, this is hard. I have a lot of respect for TV writers. I'm going to go write another feature. (laughs) I know. I I also just like, uh, I mean, you kind of end the story in a pilot, but not really. You're opening it up for the whole thing. And I, there's something I like about telling the whole story. Yeah, getting to too. end and i'm just a movie person yeah. um i really like shows i like tv but like i mean this is just me being honest like a lot of times i'm like i don't want to commit 14 hours to a thing even if i know it's amazing um just because i feel like i have so much shit going on and that just yeah. seems like a, a it just seems like stressful to take that on but if i open the floodgate and watch a pilot then i'm hooked i'm watching yeah. the whole thing like it's hanging so, yeah, and actually it's, like it's during weird. the pandemic was tough for me that way because i did end up watching like you know every time i'd watch a show it was like a 14 hour sit <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So i just like finished the whole thing um but right now you know that like i'm back at work and whatever i started i have like five shows that i watched like the first one or two episodes and they're just sitting there and they're good shows you know it's like barry russian doll severance and yeah. i just like have too much going on you know and like i haven't like sat back down to do it but I've I'm been the watching same. a good amount of movies, you know, because, because of the one sit experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Severance is high on my list. And I know once I open that door, I'm going to watch the whole thing and like be up at two in the morning. Like, do you want to watch another episode? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I, I have no choice. It and every TV episode in this golden age of TV ends on a massive cliffhanger that you just have to know what happens next. And like, that's the other stressful part. But like, yeah, I will say though, Barry is really good. Yeah, um, you're in for a treat. Yeah, but I still need to watch Severance. Um, Succession is another huge one. Like a year ago, everyone was I tweeting that about one. that. I, w- I didn't think I would, yeah. but I ended up loving it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I need to watch it. Usually when shows are super hyped on Twitter, I'm like, yeah, okay. And then yeah. I watch it and I'm like, yeah, okay. Everyone was right. <laughs> it's fucking well, amazing. I mean, I will say that like, um, what was the one about the games? Squid Game. Squid Game, yeah. I loved until like episode six or seven. And then I felt uh, like I was entirely betrayed by the Twitter community. Oh, I really? I like the ending. Yeah, the yeah. ending, the last few episodes, I was like, you, how did you guys like set me up like that? You know? You uh, and me both. I liked everything up until the finale. Yeah. Um, I thought, the, and I, we won't spoil anything, but like, yeah, 
I, I felt the same way. I felt a little betrayed by what we'd already been shown, but I will say like the climax, if you want to call it that before the finale, mm-hmm. um, I was into that. That was fine. But like, uh, yeah, that show was incredible for a lot of the time. Yeah. And then yeah, really at the end, I was like, what the fuck? I'm still excited for season two. Did you hear I'm about the, the re- <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially too. Cause it's, one of those shows that was such a massive success that maybe they're rushing it a little bit to get the next one out. We'll see how good it is. But did you hear about the reality show that they're doing? Yeah. Insanity. I can't believe that. That's like, I I mean, I don't know what to think. My gut instinct is like, yeah, probably like in poor taste because of the theme of the whole show was like capitalism's foot on all of our throats. But, um, yeah, uh, I guess so it's so too, especially at a time when you like, you know, you have that in the news at the same time that there's like shortages on absolutely everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like gas prices are maybe higher than they've ever been and everyone's having yeah. a hard time. It's like, yeah, yeah, good, good, good timing. Um, Anyway, Netflix, you should still buy my shit. I don't know, yeah. please. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, I'll cut that out. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh cool so da, 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 da. all right so on average how long does it take for you to complete a first draft like from the minute you start outlining basically um again like with the chaotic screenwriting background it varies drastically from like one script to the next yeah, you're but also you balancing feel- multiple projects yeah exactly yeah. so yeah. i will say like probably a couple months mm-hmm months yeah. yeah but then i don't fair. let anybody i don't let anybody read it for like several more months yeah. <laughs> you know, like, right, right. Do like a few passes by myself and like move things around you know so yeah absolutely i think by the time people see my first draft it's like third draft yeah. of just me looking at it for um, sure me too my yeah. husband usually gets the first one and it's just him sitting on the couch and i read it to him <laughs> oh really uh, yeah that's awesome i, I love that looking up for reactions, you know, <laughs> trying to like, feel how he's like getting it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and that's for like a, like a feature, right? Yeah. Like a couple months. Yeah. I'm usually, I'm, I'm kind of a slow writer. I think I'm like three to four a lot of the time, but like you, I'm balancing a day job and uh, trying to make films like short films and stuff, uh, yeah. which makes it so hard. Um, I, I'm actually in a weird place. Uh, Jared, if you're listening, I just got a rep a representative earlier this year, my first time ever. And now it's like, uh, there's like a pressure to be producing writing and it's like, I'm trying to get new writing done, but I'm mm-hmm. also trying to push the last short film I made out there and start the next one, start pre-production. And it's like, I, I'm just in this weird place right now where I'm like, I hope that I'm writing enough. <laughs> like, I hope that they're like, not going to get pissed at me. Um, it's yeah. just, it, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Are you, yeah. are you represented? Cause I don't know. No, I'm not. No? Okay. Have you ever been? No, I also haven't really like, you know, tried. I don't know how to go. Yeah. I haven't tried really hard, you know, yeah, Edith, you know Edith, she was on here. I heard yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. So she like sends me homework all the time that I don't want, you know, she'll be like, Hey, you should query this person. 
you uh-huh. know, and then she'll send me her query example. And I'm like, oh, Edith, no, why? You know, <laughs> she'll be like, there's yeah. this lab that you are perfect for do this lab, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay, fine. I'll do it. And then sometimes I'll finish one and she'll send me another one immediately. I was like, I can't do, I just laid down. That's hilarious. Well, I think uh, there's like two schools of people though. And you probably fall into the ladder of being like, there's a lot of people who are just like, I'm not worried about that. Like I'm making my stuff. Like I'm trying to make my stuff happen um, mm-hmm. and not wait on anyone. And I think that there's like no right or wrong, wrong way because a lot of people like you, you know, you make a film and it hits and then it's like, now they all want to talk to you, you know, and you have like, hopefully we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if it goes that way. But like, um, uh, which I think it will though. I mean, you're, you're obviously crushing it, but like, uh, Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. I also like, I mean, I feel what you're saying. I got that from like just watching the trailer to your short, you know, um, like the type of content that you want to make is also very like, you know, character bound. And it's like, you can tell that it's like, you know, it's really like relationship based stuff. And it's like, you know, very contained to a location. Sure. I think we're the, we're similar in that way. For sure. But and I, I love that though. I, there's definitely an audience for that. Like I'm the audience for that, obviously. You know, me so. too. Exactly. <laughs> me too. I love tiny little movies. I could care yeah. less about the big scenery and everything. Like you're when they're me already and you can like already kind of connect, you know, there's like something there that's like drawing you in. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. And much like you, I loved what you said earlier of like, well, I mainly write stuff that I know I can make. Mm-hmm. And I'm the same way. I'm not writing a car crash scene. I'm, you know, things like that. Maybe there, there's a couple things in the features I've written that I didn't think I was going to, you know, make on my own that uh, might cost a little money, but like very little, um, yeah. very little. It's usually super, super small. Um, I have one that I'm like, you know, shopping around right now. My next feature that mm-hmm. definitely has like magical elements that would be more expensive. Mm-hmm. Like um, CG and stuff. Like I wouldn't be able to make it by myself. I want to, yeah. I'm not huge on CG. There's a little bit of that for sure. But yeah. I'm more of a, my magical realism is more like, you know, the labyrinth, which is all like puppets and artistry. Like oh, that. hell yeah. 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 That. Like there'd be I a lot it. of like heavy production design and like visual That's effects that are actual, you know, like ooh, blood stuff. Practical kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah. The, the overuse of CGI bums me out so much if it's not done well. Yeah. Uh, sure. Some people do it really well. Like uh, it's funny the way that you do it well is to where you can't even tell you're looking at CGI. You know, it's like so well done, but I, I love old, older seventies kind of movies with practical, all practical. Uh, I love that yeah. shit. Um, there's actually, there's one tiny scene in bring me an avocado where like the mm-hmm. youngest kid is like looking at bees, you know, like there's like mm-hmm. a little beehive in her backyard mm-hmm. and those bees are CGI, obviously. Cause I wasn't going to like expose, put a seven year old child, bees, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't think like people read it, like most people don't know, you know, mm-hmm. but I have to tell you working with the artist, I watched like fucking hundreds of YouTube videos of bees, you know, <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Just, like to understand how they move and interact, you know, for a while I yeah. thought it was going crazy. Just like the sound of bees, you know, <laughs> like, just yeah. all the time. It's crazy. There's an old uh, Wu-Tang video. I think it's for a song called triumph by the Wu-Tang clan and they have killer bees. Cause that's their thing in the video and they look terrible. So I'm just like hoping that yours looked better than that because this was like 2001. <laughs> I'm going to look at it for the video and I'll like, Oh it yeah, yeah. Do it. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. it was triumph. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, uh, uh, shout out Wu-Tang. 
Um, okay, so let's just talk about Bring Me an Avocado for a second. So how did that all come about? Um, like, where were you at in your filmmaking journey when you said, fuck it, I'm just making my movie? And like, had, you know, was the script something that you wrote thinking like, I'm writing this to shoot? Like, um, myself. So no, actually, that one was... Um that was one that I wrote and was actually like sitting there. And then I sent it to a few people and I sent it to a DP shout out, Gavin, <laughs> Gavin Murray, mm-hmm. um, who I share a lot of writing with. And he wrote me back and he was like, yo, we can make this, you know, he's like, mm-hmm. I can shoot this. We can put together a team to do this. This doesn't seem that hard. You know, he's like, I bet we could do it in two weeks. Wow. And I was like, Are you serious? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, well, let's talk about it. You know? And that's yeah. how we got off the ground and we decided we we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, Damn. That's awesome. That was like, that was like the 15th draft of that script. And I think we shot like the 20th or the 21st draft with the last three edits being just for budget, you know, cutting yeah. locations, cutting characters, you know, like. It was That's nuts. awesome to go into it though, with like the 20th draft being like, this thing is pretty tight at this yeah. point. And by the time you're like that far along, you're like the killing your darlings thing. You're just like, kill the darling, like whatever. A hundred percent. Yeah. Once you get that far into it, you're like, none of this shit matters to me. Like yeah. I want to tell the best story I can. Exactly. Within our budgetary constraints. Mm-hmm. Um, sweet. So like, how long did you shoot for? Um, if you're cool sharing like budget yeah. information yeah. and stuff, I'd for love sure. to know all that. Yeah, I can share all that, especially if you're like planning on doing that, you know. So yeah, first of yeah. all, we had two um, false starts with Bring Me an Avocado. We had to like push it twice. Um, due to COVID? No. Or due to money? Due to money. Okay. Um, the first <laughs> one, we had an investor that was just, you know, some blowhard talking a big game that ended up pulling out. Mm-hmm. And right before we got there and I was like, all right, well, now we don't have it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the second time we were about to start filming and seed and spark announced their inaugural, uh, hometown heroes rally. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Duplass brothers were gonna executive produce the next one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we were going into it with like very little money. We were going to crowdfund anyway, you know, we were like, all right, we're going to push so that we can crowdfund with as part of this rally to see what our shots are at that, you know, mm-hmm. um, probably one of the fucking hardest experiences of my life. And I've had mm-hmm. a very hard life yeah. <laughs> doing that rally. Yeah. Like, you know, having 30 days with the fine, the finalists, the final 10 got to pitch to the Duplass brothers. And those mm-hmm. final 10 were decided by follows. Like first you had to make your budget, and then you had to have the, the 10 with the most followers for the oh project. Oh my God. That's so corny. Like we're talking like social media following, right? Um, but on the Seed and Spark platform, you literally. Oh, okay. 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 And click follow. Um, yeah. I don't love that, but it is what it is kind of, but yeah, I, I definitely don't love that. Insanely painful, you know, to yeah. try to get people to follow. It's so hard to get people to do anything, you know, and yeah, like you're asking people for money is hard enough, but then when you're like begging somebody to just sign on some, a page to like follow it, you know, especially if you know, they're going to be getting emails because of this and stuff like that's like, yeah, well, Sparks for- actually pretty good about not emailing that much. Are they? Yeah. Um, And I will say that one thing that came out of this that was great that I wasn't even expecting was that at the end of it, you have all the emails. So you can Mm -hmm. just like download them as a spreadsheet. And that kind of became like, 
like I updated those people when the film was going to premiere, you know, mm-hmm. a ton of them like showed up to different festivals, like throughout the nation, you know, like, mm-hmm. people, and then you'd hear back from people where you're like this stranger, you know, who was like a friend of a friend who shared this. And now they're like interested in the film, you know, or they'll be like, Hey, I watched your movie, you know? Yeah. Um, this person shared it and I saw that it was already made. So I had followed it, you know? So like, it was weird. And I was like, Oh, weird. You know, this actually creates reach. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. That's awesome. And that's like the word of mouth reach and social media type reach is like kind of everything for indie filmmakers. Uh, yeah. And having an email is like, you know, when you're making stuff on your own, like now having people that I can be like, Hey, go watch this if you want, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge part Especially of it. Because, like, you know, making something takes so fucking long. So it's not like they're hearing from me every month. They'll be like, oh, this person who emailed me in 2018 is emailing me again. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's like, we're, we're rolling cameras now, like two yeah, years exactly. in. <laughs> we're finally going. Um, yep. Sweet. So, like, what was, uh, I hope you didn't, I don't think you said this. What was the shooting time? Oh, yeah. So we shot, um, after our two false starts, we ended up yeah. shooting, uh, two weeks and okay. it was six day weeks. So 12 days for mm-hmm. shooting. Um, nine of them happen in one location. It's mm-hmm. like nine are in the house. And then we have mm-hmm. three days where it's like a hospital, a police station, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's nice for nine days in a single house that you have access to. Yeah. Not a lot of curveballs, you know, so that's kind of nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that there were curveballs, but I'm just saying single look. Once we get to the prime location of anything I've shot, I'm like, thank God we're here. Cause like, I I know we have permission to be here and like, it's all going to be fine. Yeah. It was like, I was like, I lived in that house, you know, for like the nine days that we were filming. It was literally like me and like wardrobe racks next to the bed. And the room was like, just like shining with like things that were charging, you know? (laughs) Yeah. That's so exciting though. Yeah. yeah, It's like chaotic, but like, yeah, for any, you know, want to be filmmaker, it's so exciting just being like, you wake up and see that shit and you're like, all right, let's go. Let's make this thing. Um, Definitely running on adrenaline for 12 days. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I sleep like shit whenever I'm shooting. Like (laughs) I I just, cause like I sleep out of pure exhaustion, but when I wake up, it's just like eyes open, just like, let's go, (laughs) you know? Cause I'm just, my anxiety is so high throughout the whole thing. Uh, especially when, you know, you're the director, um, you gotta kind of be running the show, especially when you don't have a lot of money and there's no one else that's going to like brutal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No one else is going to do it because you haven't really like dictated that anyone, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm bad about like taking on, like thinking that I need to be like doing everything. And I don't mean like, you know, on set jobs, but I just mean like from a producerial, is that how you say that word <laughs> standpoint? But like, so did you have a producer on this or were you self Yeah, we had, there's two. It was a producer yeah. and a co-producer. And then mm-hmm. I did a good amount of it too. Yeah. yeah. There's just a certain yeah. amount of stuff like that are like big responsibilities and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, very low indie budget projects. You don't want to put that on somebody else, you know? Yeah. Um, sort yeah. of stuff like, like I went and sat and got like my, um, permits to be able to employ kids to work with kids on the film, you know? Cause I was, mm-hmm. had to, so I was the one who sat there and got the certificate and had my name on it. And I was like, boom, we're doing it, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of what I mean. I guess it's like contracts. Yeah. Like I, the, I negotiated those and it was my name on them to make sure that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean. I guess like what I was trying to say was yeah. like, uh, yeah, just like things that are like all the bullshit, not very fun stuff. I'm just like, I'll just do it. I'll just do yeah. it. 
you know, I'm just always like that. So maybe that like keys into that anxiety that I'm feeling when we're shooting. But, um, and then what was your budget like? So budget, um, for production, we ended up spending like 43 K I want to say. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And at least three K of that we put on a credit card. We Mm -hmm. had like 40 in the bank, I think Mm -hmm. by the time we started. That's awesome. And was that all through your seed and spark? It was seed and spark and a few small investors. So it was all investments of like 5k, mm-hmm. 10k. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you comfortable? You don't, I mean, you don't have to say names or companies, but like what kind of investors did you have at this point? I'm not even asking for the audience. I'm asking for my own selfish yeah, totally. knowledge. So yeah. Totally at random, honestly. So our yeah. first investor that came on was, um, some, so a friend that I knew when I used to work in nonprofit, totally mm-hmm. different line. Mm-hmm. was the accountant at the company, this like Mexican guy. Um, mm-hmm. it was a small nonprofit company and like the four Latinos in it were all friends and hung out all the time. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Um, so and the Mexican guy was like, Hey, so I actually, uh, my roommate is trying to get into film financing and stuff. And he, you know, might be interested in investing in your project. So can I make an intro? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Of course, you know, yeah. I'll call yeah. anybody person. and I was like super nervous about meeting them. Um, and we went out for drinks and talked about death and our impending mortalities. <laughs> um, and you know, <laughs> a just beautiful thing to connect over yeah, with people. Yeah, exactly. And I was yeah. like, okay, this guy's cool. He's legit. Um, sure. and he came in for six K. Cool. So, Damn. That's awesome. Total stranger that I knew from telling my old friend about the film. So like when people are like, talk to everyone about it and ask for what you need or put that out there. So people know where you're at a hundred percent. real, And yeah. you're not necessarily like, I didn't, I wasn't asking my friend for money. Cause I know that he's like, you know, working at a nonprofit as an account. And I was like, he doesn't have a lot of money, you know, yeah. uh, I was just telling him what I was going through. And then, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. this is where I'm at. This is what I need. And he was like, oh, actually. So you never like really know where those like lines are going to come through. Yeah. So true. That, that's awesome. And I think it goes too for like anyone who's not a filmmaker and just a screenwriter listening kind of goes along with that thing of just like shoot every shot. Like yeah. I, I really think shoot every shot, as long as it makes sense. If it's not, you know, like an $80 submission fee to some like no name contest that seems scammy, like don't, do that don't shoot that shot but yeah. anything that makes sense and within reason like yeah shoot shots like especially if it's a free opportunity i know yeah. for me anytime i see a free opportunity and it you know it makes sense which uh a lot of them do because what do you have to lose it's like yeah throw your name in the hat you literally never know what's going to happen 100%. Um, and i'm a big believer in like you know like my piece of advice is always like ask for what you want be specific you know mm-hmm. Don't be shy. Don't try to like be humble. Don't think that you can make something else, you know, just be as specific as possible with what you need and just that's, put it out there. That's really good advice too. Cause I think so many of us at this point in our career, we're all just starting out. You had the tendency to be like, Oh God, you know, I, well, I don't want to fuck it up. I don't yeah. want to fuck up this chance. So like whatever they say is fine. And, and yeah, I agree though, because a lot of times they don't know the thing that you actually want or the thing that you actually need. And if you just say it, sometimes they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And it's like, not a big deal. (laughs) And you're like building it up in your head and about to just not say it and just kind of fuck yourself over. Um, That's really good advice. Uh, Just be, be firm, especially for filmmakers. Like you have to be bold. You just have to be, or you're 
I mean, the real truth of it, or you're going to fail. Like you, you just have to believe in yourself and go for things. Um, and then this is just like a technical question that probably won't even make the podcast. What kind of camera did you guys shoot on? Um, we shot on a red. Okay, cool. On a red dragon. Mm -hmm. Nice. Sweet. Okay. So we're going to move away from the movie, but all of that is so cool. And that's just like, I have so much respect for you for getting out there and making that happen. That's so sick. Yeah. And Um, if you have any, you know, if you ever want to like shoot me questions about stuff, I'm happy to share. I'm big on like, you know, if just share it, put it all out there, you know? (laughs) Yes. I'm the same way. Everybody should know why are we keeping this a secret? You know, like no more secrets. I've been thinking about doing a solo episode at some point and just talking about what it was like, make what it's like making a short film in mm-hmm. case anyone is just like, I just don't know how to start because that's yeah. so many of us. I had the luxury of going to film school and having that opportunity to make one there. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's uh, I, I super appreciate that. And like that, I always say that too. like people have questions like reach out because it was really hard learning all this shit. And a lot of people reached back and helped me. So I always want to share that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I talk too much just in general. So let's do it. <laughs> but um, all right. So back to screenwriting. Um, when a first draft is complete, what's the first thing that you do? You kind of already talked about this, but like, what are all of the things that you do? Like, so do you, are you in a writer's group? Um, you, I know you have your husband do the first pass. Uh, do you enter contests still? Um, do you go to paid feedback services? Like what's it usually like when you finish a draft and you're like, this is in good enough shape for people to see it. Yeah. That's usually like the third draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, the first is definitely read it out loud to my husband. Then I have like small trusted circle of people lately like i have a screen group my screen groups kind of like died down a little bit i'm gonna i was just saying that i'm gonna email them back to be like hey let's kick this off again mm-hmm. um but for them it's usually like very whip like i'm sending them pages as i'm writing them you know uh-huh. like so that was like a very vulnerable experience but i looked out and have like really cool people in it you know and they mm-hmm. give feedback so i found that that was super helpful nice. um totally different than what I usually do in my process. So usually it goes read all out to husband, send for, you know, send trusted circle of trust filmmakers that I respect yeah. and then get their feedback. And then I do still do contests for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm way more selective mm-hmm. with what I do than I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes I'll change my mind about something. I try to do things that are like specific screenwriting contests and not just like a festival that does every like filmmaking and also contests. But you know, recently I was like, Oh, it looks like Atlanta festival is actually great for that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> weird. I'm, I'm the same way. One, you know, but yeah, I try to do like screenwriting specific. I'm still, I don't know. I have like love hate relationship with certain stuff. Like, like the blacklist, for instance, mm-hmm. still go back, you know? They just keep me coming back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that, that one is a lot. You know, I asked a question on Twitter the other day, actually being like, hey, so everybody who's gotten an eight on the blacklist, how long did it take you to get an eight? You know, mm-hmm. how many were, were, you, were that you didn't have? And I think that that was very telling people's answers, you know, were like, this is how many submissions I bought for this script. This is when I got my eight. This is when I didn't, you know, like, mm-hmm. and like the scores are like everywhere. They're all over the place. You know, people getting like four or fives and then a few eights for the same script. And it just goes to show how like subjective this is, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's a few people that like answered in all 
honesty, you know, and they were like, you know, I happened to get like an eight first and then like a seven. And then later I got like a six, six, four, five, and then another seven, you know, and he was like, and if the first ones that would have come in were like the five and the four, I've been like, okay, I wrote a shitty script, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I've never gotten an eight. I've submitted four times with two features, each one, two times. And one got two sevens. So that was like frustrating because it's so close. And then the yeah. other was like a five and a six. And what's funny is the five and the six script ended up being the one that's done more for me than anything. Um, it's just, it's interesting, you know, how it all breaks down. And my only gripe with the blacklist, I know that they break so many careers and it's awesome, but for like regular working class writers, it's fucking hard to afford so that shit. It's so expensive. expensive. Like, why is it that expensive? And then when you see people who like, um, like on that, you know, where they're like, yeah, I just got three at a time. I was like, I can't do that. Oh, like, I know. Get like three at a time. You know, it's, it's like, like paying rent. Or bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It's like a car payment. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's really crazy, but like, you know, if you have the money, go for it. And like, they really do break careers all the time, which is pretty dope. Um, so it's a love hate thing for me. It's a hate because of my own financial constraints. I'm like, <laughs> fuck you guys, but sure. no, it's, it's cool. Uh, right on. That's cool though, to know. Um, so let's talk about your day job. Uh, you've kind of mentioned it a little bit here and there, but, um, so what do you do for work? What's your day job? Um, so I work at a company called glass and marker. They mm-hmm. do, it's a, you know, production company, full house really. And we mm-hmm. do commercial finance corporate videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am, I produced there for a couple of years and now I'm the head of production. So I supervise. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's for right. a kid that didn't go to film school, not doing too bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of killing it. Yeah. That's actually yeah. the kind of work that I would love to get into, but in St. Louis, I really like haven't even researched how to get started, but like, yeah, um, so I reached out to you a while ago about that, but we should talk again because like, again, yeah. I'm like looking for fucking DPs all the time and flying them like everywhere to shoot, like just testimonial interviews you know yeah is it like a kind of like a contract gig like you're just signing a contract for single gigs and yep exactly dope that's what i'm looking for yeah because i'm doing wedding videography right now which is fine and it pays the bills but Mm -hmm. you know how they say so many great directors start out directing commercials and things like that and i know it's not the most creative thing in the world but i'm like that would be cool and also you know just shooting as well would be for sure uh, i can definitely like i can for sure get you in the door first for like corporate interview stuff and then then you're in the door, you know? Yeah, 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 totally. Like uh, anytime we have a corporate shoot for the company I contract with now, it's pretty mm-hmm. rare because we do wedding shit, but like, I'm always like, give me the corporate thing. Cause it's a change of pace. And it's not just me on a gimbal with like a, you know, running around chasing a married couple. Uh, it's actually setting up lighting and setting up shots and it feels more filmy um, mm-hmm. than just running gun. But uh, anyway, yeah, we'll talk about that, but cool. So like, uh, how long have you been doing that? Um, so I've been at glass and marker for three years now, since like June, 2016, I think. Okay, cool. No, 2019. What am I saying? I was going to say that's more years. <laughs> yeah, not that bad at math, I swear. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm terrible at math. We're writers. Um, yeah. Bad at math, bad at days of the week, as we already experienced with me. Yes. You know? Yeah. yeah. Anything. Yeah. Doing great with like you know, numbers. <laughs> it's okay though, but you're making cool movies and that's what matters. Uh, yeah. 
Right on though. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I'm always so interested in what people do for work while trying to chase the stream. And that's cool. Like that your job is, I mean, kind of more than adjacent. It's, it's pretty closely linked to what you're doing. Cause are you dealing with budgets and everything that comes with being a producer? I'm sure that helps so much when you're making your films. For sure. Yeah. Um, it also gives you a lot of confidence that like, you're like, okay, this is just like, you know, more money, but doing the same thing that I do for less money. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Right. It's smart. Cool. And I, I bet you yeah, run yeah. into a lot of the hiccups doing your day job that when mm -hmm. it comes time to make your film, you're like, Oh, remember that time that that happened. So let's plan for that. Yeah. Um, cause that could go wrong. Uh, sweet. Uh, so what are your hobbies outside of screenwriting and making movies that like help keep you sane? Um, well, I have plants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Good. For They're people listening, uh, you're like in a rainforest right now, basically like this looks yeah. like you're live from the Amazon. Yeah. Uh, they're all children. Nice. Sometimes, like we'll get high and I'll like test my husband on the names. Be like, what's this one? Called? <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, that. That's awesome. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's like the main one. I think, you know, plants, yeah. um, I like going on walks. I like day drinking. I'm a big hobby yeah. person, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, you're always making films. You're always writing. You're always grinding, right? Yeah, I do a lot. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's good to like, you know, you were talking about like editing the trailer for your short. And I remember like, it took me a while to edit the trailer for this one. And at the end of mm. it, I was like, I didn't write shit this week, but that felt good. You know, <laughs> like yeah, that's exactly. right now. And it still like felt like an artisty, you know, storytelling thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um, mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, of the scripts that you've written, which is your favorite and why? Um, so I think it's like the one that's like more expensive right now. Body shop it's called. Um, okay. So it's, so the premise of it is that in a parallel Bay area, the world is exactly the same, but mm -hmm. instead of hospitals, we have body shops. So you take your body in to the mechanic to get okay. fixed. No, and like body parts change and whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of my characters goes in just to get like, you know, a little TMJ looked at and like carpal tunnel and they make a mistake on her body. So she's thrown into a loner. Um, and she's like an indigenous Latina woman that ends up in like just an Anglo American white quirky girl's body and has to navigate her life, which again, is just regular world where there's student loans and she works like in the, you know, as a line cook in this other body, you know, that isn't hers. That's so awesome. That's such a good concept to like, just sell on a concept. I'm always so interested in that. Um, yeah, that's rad. So that's your favorite. What like, is this like the most recent thing that you've written? No, it's okay. like, yeah, it's been around exactly. for a second. I wrote it last year. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I love that. That sounds so good. Um, so what's a recent accomplishment that you're proud of? Uh, it could be writing and film related. It doesn't have to be what's like the last time you were like sick. My life is tight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have a, the short that's in festivals right now got into, it's like a finalist for this, for the HBO max Palante thing. No way. So it's like, you know, now HBO max, it's like, I guess it's like semi-finalist. The Miami film festival picked it as their like top, one of their top 10 finalists and it sent it to HBO. So now HBO has it and HBO is, is going to announce their finalists. And then they're going to pick the films that get into that are going to be streaming on HBO. 
That is um, amazing. Like school, you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> so bad. Miami Film Fest picked one of picked my short, you know. So yeah. Um, oh my we'll god, see. that's incredible. Yeah, I hope that goes well. That's that's pretty fucking rad. Uh pretty huge opportunity. Um and then finally, what are a few words of advice that you would give to your fellow screenwriters out there, especially to those just getting started? Um, yeah, screenwriting advice. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, people say like, I would say do what works for you. Mm-hmm. you know? Like mm-hmm. as far as like writing, we talked about it, you know, I usually it takes me like two to three months to get one draft out. And most of that will happen on like one eccentric, crazy night where I like finish a bottle of wine by myself and do 40 pages, you know, and then it'll be like three pages here, five pages here, scratch Mm -hmm. these 10 pages, you know? Yeah. Um, It's pretty easy to get like, I don't know, Twitter, social media in general. It's really easy to get like bogged down with imposter syndrome, especially when you see people that are like fucking putting things out there really fast or yeah know that have like very disciplined routines and it's just like do what works for you just make yeah. sure you get it done you know yep yep i know it's crazy people who are putting out like five six scripts a year yeah. i'm like how are you doing this <laughs> but i would argue though that you know and this isn't a shot at anyone like more power to you if you can do that but like really all you need is one fucking really good one uh mm-hmm. if you can do one really good one a year then you're fine yeah because uh, you know, the odds of that getting picked up too are so small. This industry is really hard. It's really so tough. Hard. Would you so agree hard. with that? Would you say yeah. that it's like a, it's, it's not an easy path? No. So painful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's such a insightful uh, discourse that we just had. This is really yeah. hard, isn't it? You guys are having a hard time. So are we. So are we. Yeah. It's really tough out here uh cool all right well thank you so much for coming on maria it was a fantastic time getting to know you over zoom yeah this was Uh, super fun you're a great host oh well thank you appreciate it you're a great guest um and i wish you all the luck thank you all right y'all episode 15 is in the books that was a great one i really really enjoyed talking to maria um she's the best she's super smart Um, I'm actually going to talk to her more in the future. Just like, Hey, tell me more about how you're doing it. Because it seems like her way, her ways of going about filmmaking are really efficient and intelligent. And I just want to learn from her, but, um, yeah, she's hella cool. Uh, that was a great conversation. Uh, if you guys liked it, go ahead and, uh, drop something on Twitter about it or Instagram. Give us a tag at social writer pod. Say what you liked. I want to know. I want feedback. Tell me what you like. And then also, if you guys want to, you can donate to the show. Go to the link tree link in our social media at social writer pod. Click on that donate button. It's PayPal. It's all legit. Um, donate a couple bucks if you can afford to. I really, really appreciate it. If not, not a big deal. I get it. I'm also broke. Um, but that's about it for me, guys. Uh, I will talk to you soon. I actually have the next two interviews already lined up and they're guests that I'm very excited about. One of them will be an episode unlike any that we've had so far. And I'm excited about that. I think that'll be the next one. So, uh, I look forward to talking to you guys then take care of yourselves, uh, drink a lot of water, get enough sleep, stand up and move around, get some exercise, try to eat well 
but it's okay to eat junk if you really want to, if you're sad or whatever. Um, take care of your mental health. Uh, it's not weakness to go to therapy. Um, do your thing guys. Uh, you know, I just hope that you guys are all doing really well and making the best possible shit that you can, because I want to read it or I want to see it on the screen someday. All right. Take care y'all. Peace. The social screenwriters podcast. The social